trying to make time. And he stops me, says, you silly man. You think you have time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have another podcast host and the founder of the new Power 40 podcast. And this podcast, his podcast is for men who are 40, going through whatever they're going through and finding power at the end of the day. So we have no other. My brother from across the sea, across the pond, Jamal Stokely. Jamal, welcome to the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, my brother. We need an applause button. We're supposed to get applause after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going oh, on, Jamal? Yeah, good, good, good. What's happening to you these days? Oh, man, you know, a little bit of self-quarantine and uh, reacting to the coronavirus like the rest of the planet, I guess. Well, I won't say the rest of the planet. At least the parts of the planet that get into media. How's that? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You know. Yeah, man. It's uh interesting times, is it not? Yes, it is. It is interesting times, you know, because of um that brings us to what we will be discussing about today, the concept of time and um everything that comes with you not yeah the concept of time basically and um procrastination time management chasing after what you you know everything that has to do with time as much as we can squeeze in so i just um just tell us a little bit about yourself jamal and um so that the audience will like get a feel of you before sure start, like as Victor stated, I'm the, the founder and host of the new Power 40 podcast. It's a new podcast that deals with men and the label that they like to throw on us type of men is middle-aged. And I just go to the 40 to 45-year-old man who is dealing with uh, a redundant lifestyle. Perhaps he's insane in the way that he's living because he fears changing, he fears doing anything that will actually benefit him for one reason or the other. So I've had a a multitude of guests on there thus far, very diverse guests. I've had male, female, so it's just to let people know it's not strictly for the 40-year-old men because we all support or around somebody that's in their 40s that is male. And uh, Victor, you've even been a guest on there. And uh, we, had, we had a good time talking about how to tap into our power at this day and age. That was pre, uh, we recorded that before this outbreak, so. I'm sure we have some unique perspectives on what we talked about before now. Yeah. It was as if we were looking at the future and just like, you know, take take charge of seize the moment, seize the moment. Yeah. So and it was it was really a nice conversation I I had with you. So now we are presented with um this unprecedented time. Yeah. Of um stuff that you can't see that's lying about, you know, the invincible enemy. And um, But what we know of is that time, which we, are going, which we are going to talk about, does not actually wait for anyone. As cliche as that sounds, but actually it does not wait for anyone. It just keeps sticking. So what is your experience with time? You know... I'm a person that does not like to regret and to avoid regret, you need to have decent time management because typically the things we regret are the things we haven't done or we did incorrectly or we did at the wrong time. And that comes with time management. So although I'm not an expert on organizing my time and priorities, I have made it a habit to really study how I'm using my time from what I'm doing for work as an entrepreneur as you know, I'm the free thinking optimization expert. I do motivational speaking seminars, workshops, all that fun stuff, life consulting and business to business consulting. But I have a family, I have four children through between three different homes. Uh, today I have three, of, three out of the four home with me. So 
you know, I was on another show where somebody asked me, how in the world do you prioritize your time? How do you, how do you make time? How do you do like, man, you don't make time, you use it. Time is already there. And as you stated in the beginning, it's going to go <laughs> whether we take advantage of it or not. So it's a matter of me dictating what my schedule looks like. And I have alarm set that say, I'm going to, you know, do this business at this time. But the most important alarms I have are the family time alarms. I have an alarm that goes off every single day that tells me shut everything down and get with my family. So, you know, without digging into my, the traumas of my past or, you know, the pains of my past that caused me to really start to focus on the clock, it's a matter of making time management a habit in everything you do. Time is very important to utilize. Have you, have you, because it seems you were hammering about time not being, time is always there for us to use. So have you had any regrets if I just want to like tap into that to like, you had a unique story some, some weeks or some time ago about you and a very good friend of yours. Yeah. I had a friend who, when I, when I, when I moved from, uh, this place in East Tennessee to, and I'm in the United States. I know some of your listeners are clear across the globe. So let me specify where I'm from. I'm in the United States living in Nashville, Tennessee, feel free to Google. But when I first moved here, one of my first jobs with, with, was with a mature male. He's about um, almost, almost 30 years, my elder. And we bonded fairly quickly. He's a very, very important person in my life. He served as a mentor, a life coach at times. He's just, just an awesome person, he and his wife. And what happened jumping forward in our relationship is when I became independent, became this entrepreneur, I got very, very busy, right? And I didn't have time, quotation fingers, to call him as much as I did to spend the time with he and his wife like I used to. And so he calls me up one day. Oh, I can't believe you answered. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm, I'm missing out. I'm not calling you like I used to, man. I'm just getting so busy. And, you know, I think to call you and I forget and I'm trying to make time. And he stops me, says, you silly man, you think you have time. And when he said that, it just rocked my very soul. It stuck with me, even to this day when I say it, it, it it's unnerving, man. It's like, oh goodness. And so I, I started to have this, this introspective look at myself to see what am I doing wrong? Where am I imbalanced? What do I need to align with as far as my priorities in order to prove to myself that this person is as important as I say he is, that I love him as much as I do, that I care for him as much as I do. Well, as I'm going through this process, he ends up getting uh, terminally ill, very healthy man, but it was his gift and his curse. He broke down and went into a coma. And I was at that hospital all the time. And this, this place was a good 45 minutes to an hour away from us, but I kept going to the hospital and he wasn't conscious of the fact that I was there. Jump forward, he recovered because he was so healthy. And, you know, he didn't even know he was gone. And we communicated a whole lot at first and then it, it died right back off. And, you know, other things got prioritized over me and his relationship or our communication rather. But the fact that he said, and I may have flip-flopped the stories with that event taking place before he told me that. But um, the point is, I started really focusing on how I was using my time. And if I say something is so important, I had to prove to myself that it was that important before I tried to prove it to somebody else. Because he's not feeling that he's that important if my business is taking priority over calling him or sending him a text message, which he hates. He's, he's a little bit older. He doesn't like text. But it was just making that effort to communicate. Yeah. And so finally, even to this day, I have a reminder that pops up on my phone, just as I was doing with business that says, call your friend. Wow. That is, <laughs> that is a very interesting and a powerful story because not so many of us would actually realize and put strategies in place to like 
to reach out because um this past few the past 30 days has been on my end has been really really challenging because i've been losing folks around me you know and i lost my father-in-law i lost my younger cousin and um to make it to make it worse i lost um we, we lost a little girl which is my friends my my elder my is kind of is older than me we grew up together in uh, in nigeria so i saw this baby girl. i saw this kid when she was like less than a year old and she passed away at before she became 12 so that was really just how time just keeps going whether you pay attention or not time keeps on ticking and keeps on ticking i had a younger cousin who i lost last month as well and because i was so pissed off at him he didn't take the action that i expected him to because i gave him some opportunities which he was smart enough more he's more than capable enough of handling it and would have taken him to a different situation or a different environment where he would have been i don't know different circumstances so i was really like vexed at him so i didn't even want to talk to him anymore so i've not spoken to him for like three four five years he got married last year late last year and he was scared to reach out to me because he knew that he has really erred on my part so because he asked for this opportunity and i gave it to him and he just like miscued it so he got married he didn't reach out because he was kind of like overthinking it and I believe if he had reached out, I would have like, maybe, no, not maybe. I would have said, no, I don't want to do anything with you anymore. But he now got married, had a baby girl, less than six months old as we speak. So, and he passed away. Mm. What for? You get, so time all we have is now to just like reach out and you get so i say time heals all wounds hmm. maybe i would i don't know if or how to like because there's no actual script when you lost someone because that person is gone only your memories that you kind of like try to connect, make up stories in your head to like get the good part of it and don't bother yourself with it. But for we that are still breathing, for we that are still free, for we that still can engage ourselves in something productive, yes, I would concur with your friend that silly you, you think you have time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Relating this back to one of, you know, we've been through this uh, business accelerator program for the past um, few weeks now. And you know how people prioritize their time. Mm -hmm. What would you say about that? People will, and, and let me back up, because I, um, I, I knew what happened with your friend and what's been going on with your family and your loved ones here recently. And there's not a time where you're going to mention it and I not um, have some sort of empathy. I'm an empath, first of all. So if I know you're in pain. I'll feel it to a degree. And I'm, I'm sincerely sorry for your losses and um, however I can possibly be of service to help, I will be. And you know, in regards to that conflict with your friend, 
Um, one of the things that I was coached to a long time ago was to tell bad news fast and to get over it faster. And too many times do we allow conflict to dominate our lives and our relationships and push us apart from people. And in retrospect now, I'm sure with you and, and many people who haven't even lost loved ones, you kind of look and say, why did, why did I let that much time go between us? You know, why wasn't I a part of the successes in this person's life? Like your friend, he got married, he had a child. Those are beautiful, successful moments in a person's life. And to let anything come in between it, albeit I'm sure based on what you said, you had plenty of reason to, to disconnect. You, you provided an opportunity because you saw the potential in somebody else, which is admirable. That is a wonderful thing, something that a lot of us don't do. We definitely won't take the time to share an opportunity with somebody else and say, hey, this is better for you than me. Why don't you take it? A lot of people won't do that. They'll just let it fleet, let it fall by the wayside. This is super admirable, man, for you to do something like that. But when you see somebody squander the opportunity, it impacts you again because you care so much. And in this case, you decided to disconnect this time. And I don't know how, you know, how many times this had happened in the past for you to get to the breaking point. But I'm sure you had reason because of how it was affecting you. And so I don't necessarily say that you should not disconnect from somebody when you're being impacted because you have to figure out a way to get stronger, to get better, to get healthier. But in this case, when it carries on, there, there's a time limit that should be set, you know. It should be, okay, I need to get stronger now as soon as I can, not, you know, forget it. I'm not going to deal with it, you know, whatever. Who wants that bad energy all the time? Who wants to think negatively about somebody else? If you're going to disconnect and it's a life disconnection because there's those people too you don't want to be around, then you want to become numb, not negative, not feeling bad. Numb is better than feeling bad. But, um, you know, again... Jumping past all that, because me and you have had conversations and, and even now to have this type of show, I know you're a man of growth and you're not looking to sit in regret or guilt and be heavy about it. You want to find a way to push forward. And I love what you said about, because we do it, we start coming up with our own stories to the whys and what could have been and stuff like that. And at this point, it's a little less about what if but what, but the now, as you mentioned earlier, and what can be, and that's what we should be utilizing our time to do is figure ourselves out now, how we can become stronger now, and that prepares us for our future. Um, so forgive me, I, I, I just wanted to connect back to that point because it, it struck a nerve with me. It hits me in the heart. And as far as other people, you mentioned the, the business accelerator course we, we, we were in together. Um, you know, they start to prioritize those things that are put in front of them by somebody else. They aren't necessarily things that benefit their life. It's things that, you know, socially people think this is important. Politically people think this is important. It's always about somebody else's opinion, their timeline. And we watched people who would stress out over missing a date or missing a time that was set in front of them by, you know, the person that was running this course. But when that person went away, not so much, they didn't stress anymore. When it was left up to them to, to express their freedoms and take hold of, of their lane and what they wanted to do and their aspirations and really go for it, they start to, to ease off and time wasn't as important for this anymore. So I, th I think it's very interesting how it takes that person standing over us with the whip, I'm not saying this very loosely, you know, cracking that whip over our back to get us to to stay in line. But when we're allowed the space to do it ourselves and to own our way, we fall short all the time. It's, it's interesting. What do you think? You think is the is the is the is the accountability or the willpower or that makes us fall in line when it's a whip? It's all it's all the above, and it really shows us what our value system is. Instead of us valuing our own mind, our own word, and holding ourselves accountable, 
because so many of us value outside influences more, then it makes sense that when that person says move or do this, that we react and we get anxious and stress out. It, it makes sense because we don't value ourselves and our own opinions enough. We don't have a lot of confidence in our own mindsets and our own abilities. It, it, it's a personal problem. Hmm. So do you think because of, because you mentioned something very interesting now about, um, if I should paraphrase it, that lack of confidence is making us not to value our own opinions mm -hmm. and rely on someone else's one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, and here's the thing. It's not about being a narcissist. It's not about being overly confident because I am this and I am that and I'm big bad. No, it's not about that. You can even be confident in your ignorance. You can be confident that I don't know something, but I can go get the answer. If people were more, instead of trying to impress and put on the mask to fool somebody else to thinking, yeah, I know the answer, I'm good. Oh yeah, and you, you get the bobblehead effect and you're just nodding yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know all about that. No, it's okay to say I don't know. And people don't say I don't know because they're worried about the response of somebody else once again. It's like if we're even confident in our ignorance, we will be a few steps forward than most. So what we so speak to me about um you have this you have this show about men over 40 and the new power or using the new power. What is this new power you've been you you your show is all about? So like we're all fully capable of a lot of things. We all have all types of abilities that many people in a lifetime will never tap into. And so the point of this show is to help people kind of kick the lid off of that box that they are where they are. And that's where it's going to be. There's, there's, I have people around me, uh, again, people that are 10, 20 years my elder that I came to for guidance, that I came to for mentorship, because they have so many more experiences, so they automatically have this respect for me. And when I go to them for answers to certain things, eventually, at some point, not all of them, but the majority, they come out with this line, it is what it is, or I'm too old to be trying this or that, dot, dot, dot. And I, and I, I freeze, man, it's so unnerving, I can't stand it. And I go, why? And the, the excuses are ridiculous. And it normally goes straight to age, just the number, not what they're capable of doing, not what their current abilities are. Maybe you can't sprint as fast as you could when you were 20, now that you're 60, but you can still run. So why are you saying, I don't run anymore because I'm too old? You know, I'm simplifying it just to make it make sense, but it, it drives me nuts. So at this point, especially at that age of 40, when we hit that, again, quote unquote, midlife crisis that many of us do, and we start to have this retrospective look at life and the things I haven't done, I wish I would have. And I go, why is it too late? Why is it too late to try? Why is it too late to give an effort? Why is it too late to see if you can be successful at that thing? It, you know, I don't, I don't understand accepting regret. I don't understand accepting guilt. I don't understand accepting negative feelings and running away with them for the rest of your life. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I can make sense of it. I comprehend why people do it. But again, the point of this show is to say, oh, you're fully capable. You have the ability. Let's tap into that power. It's in you. It's already in you. It's just untapped. You got to reach for it. And it's going to be uncomfortable because there's so many constructs and, and conventional ideas that tell us to sit where we are and don't do anything different. And I'm not for that as, as how, a human being. How, how uncomfortable would you think that the truth is making men over 40 to have this crisis? Super uncomfortable. I mean, I have my moments as, as much of a, a habit as I've made having these introspective looks, these self-checks. I have my moments of super discomfort when I look at something I could have done better before or you know, as, as a father, things I could have done different for my children, especially my oldest at this point, 
like, man, had I done that different, maybe this would be blah, blah, blah. And so you start to spiral, you know, you can really sink into, to this can message you, of. Can you just give us one, can you give us one example, if it's family or if it's business, just one example that this, um, this uncomfortable retrospect has occurred. Yeah, I, I could do both, but I'll, I'll go to business because I, I know you, you focus a lot on entrepreneurship. In business, I have always been a very, the same person I am in motivational speaking and life coaching for individuals, I am in business. I lock into the person first before I do the, the product or the service that they're offering through their business. And so with that passion, it fuels my work ethic. And I go hard for whoever I'm supporting. I go really hard. Now, the lesson learned is not everybody's worthy of that. It's, 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 a, it's a truth. It's an unfortunate truth and something that was very hard for me to accept because I've always been Mr. All-Inclusive, Mr. Save the World, the uh, quote-unquote Jesus complex without really believing I can save the entire world, but I've just always had that open arm approach to everything and feeling like I can help everybody if they give me a shot. If you give me your ear, I can help you. Just share your pain, I can help you. And, you know, I did that in my independence for four years straight. You know, I might change the theme a little bit, I might change the business, I'll change the people, but I was doing the same thing over and over and so when it hit his fever pitch when the straw was getting ready to break the the camel's back it was right before i met you in that business incubator where i discovered despite the the level changes i made the theme of how i was handling business was very much the same and it was that big wake-up call where you know i'm, I'm getting these businesses together i'll, I'll get specific and each one of these groups i was i was supporting four different businesses. And each one of them were having difficulties raising capital for one reason or another. And each one of them I had put a ton of sweat equity into. Uh, some, I've made some monetary investments into some and just a, just a lot of time and effort. And so I put this, this package together to help them raise funds, to cross collateralize their assets and all this fun stuff. And man, it was working up until I had to turn the reins over for them to close because I don't own these businesses and I didn't have the rights to say yes to everything. And some of the efforts were lackluster. Some, some people just dropped the ball, you know, and, and that was the wake up moment, man. I was like, you did it again. Yeah. You leveled up. Yeah. You went from going after thousands to millions and stuff like that. Yeah. You got into some rooms that you hadn't been in before, but the theme of how you're handling business is the same. You're insane. It was uncomfortable to call myself insane. I, I do a thing when I when I hold certain courses or whatever, where I have people point in their own face. I say, how does that feel? It's very uncomfortable. That's why nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to deal with the man in the mirror. It's always easier to point at somebody else and make them the target. I could have very easily pointed at everybody else and made it their issue, but I'd walk off doing the same thing again, most likely. So it was important for me to check out of my normal reality insert myself in that business incubator we were in with total strangers clear across the globe and let them be my accountability partner because Jamar was not doing well at that moment. Yeah, you mentioned pointing fingers. <laughs> you know, calling yourself out is real talk. When you call yourself out, it's the real deal. When you're honest about yourself, you know, you know, you know, I'm really, really messing up right now. It's the real deal. You, you, you mentioned the real life, you mentioned midlife crisis and personal accountability. So when, do you think when we give out our personal, when we fall short of our personal accountability and we get over 40 and we hit that realization, is that when this crisis sets in? Yeah. Yeah, because like uh, my, one of my business partners, he always says I'm on the back nine. He's, he's, he's 
he's in his 60s. He's like, I'm on the latter part of my life. I'm getting towards the end. Oh, is, that what the, is, is that what the bat nine means? Yeah, it's, it's a golf term, and I'm not a golfer by any means. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if it's, it's uh, 18 holes on a course, you got the front nine and then the back nine until you, it's the end of the game. Okay. So that's, that's how he relates to it. And that's a mindset that I don't favor. I'm like, you still have this much life left. What do you say to the, you know, even in your experience, Victor, with the, the young one that you just lost, what would you say to that child? You know, when they're on the front nine, did it matter? They only had this much life left. So you don't know how much life you have left. So why are you focusing on the end date? So I think absolutely because of our perception on, on life and how much time we have left, people hit this midlife crisis because they're like, oh, half my life's gone. I'm like, why are you having it? <laughs> why, instead of it being half, why couldn't you live 60% more, 80% more? There's people that live up into their hundreds these days. Why can't you be that person? You know, so yeah, I absolutely believe that our perception is what, what causes that midlife crisis. Our perception of time is what causes that midlife crisis. Yeah, and and the times that we are right now, it's not. It's it's a very great time for us to like realize what is actually happening in front of us right now, with these um, with these unidentified flying object that's going about. <laughs> <laughs> it's an identified flying object, the unseen enemy, that is moving about. Microscopic, invading all of us. Yeah. yeah. Shutting down, shutting down borders, shutting down shops, shutting down businesses. Yeah. You know? And yeah. with with the mainstream media, it is trying to shut down. No, not it is trying. It is shutting down millions of minds. Yeah. It is pushing out fear, 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 fear. And so Man. many people are going to be in serious crisis after this. Because these two shall pass, definitely. Yeah. You, you went deeper than I've gone. You said it's shutting down millions of minds. I was thinking businesses and homes, and you said minds. That's, that's deep, yeah. Yeah, because businesses can be opened again, you know. Money can be made, but... The Bible says that um, a broken spirit who can bear. You get. Yeah. I said that yesterday. One of my in my in my yesterday's rant. I said that, and she called me out. So you see, we all are going into the subconscious where the Bible resides, where the Word of God actually resides. So when you think you are not listening, when you are not paying attention in the Sunday school, yeah. It is there now. So the Bible teachings are coming out now. So you know that is your that is your backup. So a broken spirit who can bear. You know, spirits have been broken right now. Minds are being shut down. Fear is like creeping all over. Yeah. You get. And that makes us not want to take advantage of time. Yeah. But we use it the wrong way. We yeah. abuse it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm how watching. does fear how yeah? How does let me ask you this? How does fear affect time? Yeah, uh, we can use what's going on now, current events, as the uh the parallel to what I'm getting ready to say. So fear causes people to either react wrong or not react at all. Um they'll hit the panic button. And they'll start doing things that they normally wouldn't have, or they'll go crawl up in the corner somewhere and, and attempt to disconnect as if they can stop the clock, you know. And in both cases, I, I find it to be an abuse of time. And it's not from my perception, it's how does it benefit you? Who, who does things intentionally, and I'm not talking about the extremes of drug and alcohol, you're not going there, just generally speaking, who does things intentionally to not benefit themselves? You know, who does things that hurt themselves? And that's what's happening right now with this, this pandemic is I'm watching people 
here in this country alone, they're losing their minds. They're going out buying up all the aisles of toilet paper and hand sanitizer and this everything. And I'm going while you're here um, buying up all these items. Where's your family? And I'm watching adults fighting and getting into fist fights and stuff. I'm like, why wouldn't you connect with your neighbor and come up with a plan to help one another? You know, what are you doing? Why aren't you using your time more efficiently? Why are you letting the the scare tactics of another person? Because we're not even talking about media at this point. A lot of these people are texting and, you know, sure, it might have rooted from media. But a lot of these people, it's coming off text messages and phone calls and Facebook and whatever it is. And they're running away with whatever they hear from somebody else instead of taking a step back and saying, okay, what do I have? What am I capable of doing in this environment right now while there's a pandemic going on outside instead of running into the pandemic and doing exactly what the government told you not to do when they talk about social distancing and staying home and you know self-quarantine, you're doing just the opposite because you hit the panic button. So it's an abuse of time. It's an abuse of time. But unfortunately, we've been trained up this way for a long time. This didn't just happen. Yeah, we've been programmed to do all these kind of panics and panics and bunking go underneath. So the program is for real. So we need to like take charge of our minds. So can you, um, obviously your show is about power and empowering over 40s. I'm like going on about that as a broken record because I'm over 40. So every little helps, you know. Um, that is a slogan of Tesco's, one of the shops, one of the mega shops, every little helps. So if you can get every little advice that can empower you, why not? You 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 lash onto it. So as um as a motivational speaker and as a podcast host, what can you give us some steps, maybe like three steps to like get out of this funk of this of this cloud of fear? Yeah, the number one I thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I start to disconnect my own mind from what the world does and that I don't start thinking about yesterday. I don't start thinking about what I should do today. And l- let me, let me back up. It's not that I don't think about it because it happens. It's a reflex, right? Again, we've been trained to, to behave a certain way, to think a certain way. So I'll think about what I did or didn't do yesterday or what I could, shouldn't do today, whatever I'm going on with the day instead of being in the moment instead of being thankful. And here's where it gets cliche from the motivational standpoint. Gratitude. Gratitude is huge. If you just wake up, if you're thankful for just waking up, when a lot of people will go into, oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, why can't I sleep a little bit more? How about be excited that you woke up at all? It's amazing. You were asleep and didn't know what was going on. You know, we don't, and when we're in the deep sleep, we don't know what separates us from death in that moment. The only thing we know that separates us is the fact that we wake up. Absolutely. And if you can recall a dream, it's because you woke up, you know, so having that gratitude about just I'm breathing, I'm alive is a great start before we go into any of the pains of the day. And then post that, it is going into the day and what do I want to do to be a benefit to me today? What do I want to do to be happy? What do I want to do to have peace? Those are important things. Before you start going into what somebody else's influence may push you to do, like going to work or my kids screaming or whatever it may be, why not go into those things that benefit you personally, that make you stronger to start your day? And then third is getting up. Get to it. I used to be one of those people that hit the snooze button, set that 15 to 30 minute buffer to where I could keep hitting the snooze button over and over. 
It's like, how many times did I wake up and try to go back to sleep unsuccessfully when I could have got up and done something positive to get my energy going? So now I don't play that, man. I have no blinds on my window. You can see if you ever released the video, people can see, but aside from this yellow light in my face, that's, that's natural light coming through my window and that's what wakes me up. That's my alarm clock. So whenever the sun is up and whenever that light comes through the window, it ain't the alarm on my kids that get me up. It's the sunlight, it's natural light. When that thing hits me, man, I wake up happy. Used to be a time I wake up frowning and mad. Now I wake up happy. And that was intentional for a while. I had to develop that habit. I had to train myself to do different than what everybody else was doing, than what my mother did when she used to have to get up for work, complaining and needing her coffee and all these other elements to help her get through the day. No, I got enough in me to be happy. So those would be my, my three steps to waking up and getting started. It's, it's all kind of a meditation in a sense. Yeah, well, you spoke something really, really resonated with me, and um, I would really like to like go back to that. You said you had to like um, wake up happy. You, 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 you kind of you, you kind of like you don't use an alarm. You wake up excited. You wake up happy. How did you get yourself to, because people are, okay, some days ago, I didn't want to touch anything because I had projects to do. I just like, you know what, this is pointless. This is hopeless. There's, there's no reason for me to create anything anymore. So I just went to bed, boom. Mm. In the past couple of, let me say, the past couple of, couple of months, that has been the earliest I've been to bed. About past 8 p.m. I just say, you know what? There's no point. Let me just go and lie down. So, I woke up the next morning. I was like, what's the point? So, how would you like, how did you train yourself to be, to get up and go? To, to that mindset of not even having a window blind. How did you come up with that? It's one, it was knowing that there's better out there and that we experience better every day. But for whatever reason, we put blinders onto it. We don't recognize what the better is. And the reason why I like natural lights, because I know it's good for me. I know what the sun does to me. I know how much I like summertime. You know, I started relating those things that I found the benefit to, to my life, to me as an individual. So it's like, if I like the sun in summer, if I like to play out in the sun, play basketball, swim, run in the park, whatever, if the sun does that to me at that time, why can't it do that for me every single day? I want to be happy. That's what I had to keep drilling in myself. I want to be happy. How many reasons do I need to be happy? versus how many reasons do I allow to make me miserable or to make me feel bad? And it's so easy for us to spiral into negativity and, and feeling bad. Why is it so difficult for us to be happy? And I'm a person that challenges myself. I'll punk myself. Nobody kicks my butt like I do throughout the majority of my life. And I will say, oh man, you, you feeling bad, huh? What are you feeling bad for, chump? Don't you want to be happy? Why is it so hard for you to be happy? I will challenge myself. Like, hold up. I could be happy if I want to. Okay, go ahead. Do it then. Like, this is a conversation that happens in my head. And I think just that process in and of itself helps. Because it's a distraction from whatever is making you miserable, whatever has you down, to have that type of conversation with yourself. And I'm going to tell you something very, very simple I did. And this, I didn't come up with this. I actually used to work for a call center for a major uh, telecommunications company. And they came out with this slogan and we had to put mirrors up on our computers and it said, smile. It told us smile, no matter what's going on, smile. And so that's something that I'll do, especially if in my mind, I'm starting to sprawl into something deep that's taking me away from good energy. I'll call myself on it and then I'll smile. I just freaking smile and I'll make it uncomfortable. I'll make it big. I'll make it ugly. I do whatever it is 
to get me out of that mood. See what I mean? It, it's yeah. happening now. Yeah. It makes sense because the conversation you have with yourself is a big factor. Yeah. Because you 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 said something just now which is kind of it's kind of revealing the kind of conversation that you have with yourself or the 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 dark the two-faced conversation you have with yourself. Oh you you I thought you wanted to be happy. Mm-hmm. And what's the point of being happy? So both conversations can be going on. So it's the one that is the one that you actually like befriend. That's the one that, in my opinion, that's the one that actually like grows. The one you actually feeds is the one that grows. That's right. Yeah. So if you feed the negative conversations in your head, it grows. If you feed the positive conversations in your head, it grows. So from what I can deduce from our conversation now, given this whole, I would say, debacle that is going on around us, is that you have to develop positive, not just positive action, uh, not just positive statements, but positive actions as well. Because when you, according to your step, you wake up, you disconnect from the woes of yesterday, and you be in the moment. You are up, you are up. Yeah. Yeah, you get into the now, you are grateful, you are thankful, and you're excited that you are you are up, you are alive, you are healthy, you so that is coming from the conversation that we are having now. And this is what I just wrote down now from your three steps that you use in the morning and yeah. And the second step was that what do I do today? Because you can't live in yesterday. Yesterday is gone. Yeah. So what do you do today? Guys, if you're listening to this, come on. This is a very good conversation to have with yourself. What do you do today? What are you going to do today to have peace? What are you going to do today to have your power? What can you do today to benefit you today? Yeah. That's the second step. And the third step is to get that up from your bed. <laughs> yeah, take action. Get up from your bed now. Yeah. No snooze. Yeah. No snooze. Don't snooze it. Just get, get that up. snooze, man. Just get up. If you yeah. if you can develop so much power that you can don't that you don't need any window blinds, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, good luck to you. <laughs> because I still have my window blinds. <laughs> and and when my when my alarm goes 450, I try as much as possible to get up before five. Because I want to get up at five. So I find that if the alarm goes up at five, I kind of like uh, move about a little bit before. No, but if the alarm goes up at four fifty, before five, I'm up. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I kind of like, uh, and I'll try to like justify why I'm gonna get up. I'll just say yes. Ooh, I need to do some editing. Ooh, I need to do some. Some stuff. And I'm like, okay, let's go. It's a beautiful day. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So <laughs> 90% of the time it works, but you know. You have those moments. There'll yeah, be some tough moments, man. Sometimes I just say, you know what, tough. Arrest me. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. So arrest me. Tired. Positivity, positivity police come arrest me. <laughs> come arrest me. I'm tired. I'm going anywhere. <laughs> I'll lay on this bed till whenever I want to get up. So, 
that's how that's how that's how I do sometimes, but most of I have I have my moments, man. Yeah. Especially if I've stayed up really, really late and I've yeah. worked or whatever. And then the sunlight that hit me in my face, and I still wake up happy. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm talking about even recently in the past two weeks. I still wake up happy, but I don't feel like getting up. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, let's sit here and have a good time then. So it's still about where your mind goes. Yeah. It's not a yeah. bad experience. I'm just yeah, let's see if I can dream a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Oh, man, it's been it's been it's been a wonderful time chatting with you, Jamal, and uh, this conversation is so amazing. Yeah. So now, if um they want to reach out to you, how would they like connect with you and keep the conversation going on with anyone who is listening? Yep. If you want to reach me, you can email newpower40podcast at gmail.com. That 40 is the number 40, 40. You can go to Instagram and go to at newpower40. You can go to Facebook and go to at newpower40. It's always the number 40. Or you can just reach out directly to me, Jamar Stokely, on Facebook. And if you would like me and Victor to continue these conversations, make sure you tell Victor. Email him, reach out to him, tag him on social media. He's He's, you can reach him just like you can reach me. Reach out so we can keep this thing going. This is, this is good stuff. Yeah, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. So, my people, my people, to all you diasporans, all you entrepreneurs out there, you sheeps, this is Victor Osio, your host. And I will say thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Jama, for being our guest. And um, it is a privilege to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.